www.day.com. We are talking with Nate Anderson, the Deputy Executive Director for the Concerned Veterans for America. And we've been learning a lot about the organization, how people can get involved and stuff. Nate, some of the policies that CVA has been working on. Sure. Uh, so I mentioned before a few few of the big ones. Um, um, I, I think the, the, the issue that most people are familiar with Concerned Veterans for America on is the uh, the VA reform issue, and and so uh, that's that's likely because Concerned Veterans for America was there from the beginning of the uh, the, the scandal that started about three years ago, the the Phoenix uh, waitlist, the secret waitlist scandal, and uh, so we're coming up on this anniversary, um, uh, three year anniversary in April, and sadly, not a lot has changed. At the, the VA, some things certainly have, and you know it's a, it's a long road ahead. But um, we're still seeing, almost on a weekly basis, um, um, more wait for care, uh, a new scandal um, popping up uh, frequently, and uh, we we see this as um, a serious issue for not not only for veterans but for the, the the country as a whole. You know, this is this is a this is really government-run healthcare for for a segment of the population that has no other choice. And we see this as an opportunity to, uh, to rethink the problem. And so we, we see it in, in three major areas, uh, the need for change. The first is the need for transparency. And uh, with, with Secretary Shulkin coming in um, after Secretary McDonald, um, I, I think we're optimistic. Um, the, the, the Secretary Shulkin has, has um, said a lot of things that uh, – that CVA endorses about the need for accountability and transparency, um, and, and and relooking the healthcare um, uh, for veterans. So that's one. Second is accountability. Um, you know, first you need to find the problems, and then you need to hold people accountable for the uh, the their actions. You know, as you would anybody, as you would expect from anybody in, in the federal government. And then the third is choice. Um, we would like to see um, increased true choice for veterans about where and when they receive their health care. Um, those, are, those are the three things, accountability, transparency, and choice. Um, and I think if, if we uh, implement reforms in those areas, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there with where the Department of Veterans Affairs needs to be. Nate, it seems that even though this is supposed to be one thing across the, the VA, is supposed to be federal and it's one deal across the whole country sometimes it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of consistency in that and what i mean by that is here in fargo as you probably down in minneapolis too the people are very happy with the va uh, they've got a high rating heck they even took on other people's works but then in other places in the country it seems like there's scandal or um say there was events down in Toma with all the prescription drugs just going out the door or like you said the Phoenix some of the larger cities how can they work on that is that um, there's so many layers with the VA because there's a you know a level of management above that and then another one and then another one how can we work mm -hmm. on some of that yeah it is a bureaucracy isn't it um, and and you are right. There are, there are different. There are a lot of different VAs across the country, 
um, with varying the varying experiences. You know, some some seem to be better than others. Um, I, I would argue that the, the way to fix a lot of that is by applying accountability to the individuals that work at the VA. Um, and we're actually we're actually pretty close to uh, legislation that would do just that. It's, it's called the VA Accountability First Act of 2017. Um, just recently passed the House. Uh, CVA has been really involved um, on the grassroots level um, and, and lobbying on the Hill to, to get this bill passed. And so now it's on to the Senate, um, and uh, we're, we're optimistic. You know, we're optimistic that the, the Secretary of the VA, um, uh, Dr. Shulkin, the new Congress, and President Trump um, all see this as a high priority. Um, and uh, the, the bill would do a few important things. Uh, first, it would, it would shorten the termination and appeals process that the VA currently has um, to, to 77 days. It's, it's currently, uh, it can take months or even years to litigate that. Um, secondly, it gives the VA secretary the authority to, uh, to recoup bonuses um, that will, of people who are found to be engaged in misconduct. So um, bonuses that were given to people that shouldn't have gotten bonuses, he can, he can now get that money back. Um, he can reduce the pensions of senior executives who are convicted of felonies. Um, it's just all these accountability measures that, that um, I think will incentivize employees at the VA um, who, who may be found in misconduct, like these issues, uh, to rethink that and, and get rid of those bad apples so that the people who really want to get in there and serve veterans uh, well can do that. Yeah, because my experience, of course, is that we got in the places I've been, we've had some just wonderful employees that really want to take care of people, um, soldiers. But it seems like up at the upper level, sometimes um, the people that want to take care of people have their hands tied by people above them. We have a caller from California. David, are you there? Oh, yeah. Hi. Yeah, I was trying to figure out, um, you remember the old book, Catch-22? Yes. All right, and if you uh, listeners that aren't familiar with it, uh, there's a, a loyal uh, American in World War II. He joins up. He becomes a bombardier. What's he, a tail gunner or something like that? He's in the um, uh, in the plane doing missions, and he he comes back to the base and discovers there's a corporal that's running a black market operation, and the black market operation is so rich that they are the ones that are running the war. And they don't want to stop, so they're dragging the war on intentionally so they can profiteer from it. And so he tries to report it to his uh, captain. The captain sends him up to the colonel. Turns out the colonel's invested in it. The guy goes to sure. the general. The general's invested in it. The diplomats are invested in it. And the supply corporal never wants to get promoted because that would make sure he would have more than an eight-hour day. Uh, so he'd have, so this guy's running the war and corruption. Now you look at DA and, and you realize that it's probably run the same way. You know, that these guys are stealing the band-aids and overcharging for the laws. So they, uh, and they're probably not even keeping honest books. So how can people set up a real hospital, a real clinic that really works instead of allowing these crooks to keep running it? Because if I remember right, didn't Halliburton take over um, Walter Reed Hospital? 
That's when that they had all that black mold up in there. Turns out that uh, Halliburton had privatized uh, the VA, specifically at Walter Reed, and Halliburton's just milking the thing for all it's worth and then begging for more money when you get a crooked pack like we got right now. Well, I know, for one thing, I don't know if you could hear all that, Nate, but the one thing about Walter Reed that I know, because I have been out there and was out there at the time, the buildings, they weren't ready for the onslaught of veterans coming home wounded, and so they were opening up buildings that have been in storage for <laughs> years, and so that was where the biggest problem of you know, they weren't, the buildings weren't conditioned, reconditioned yet as they should be because they had no place to put people in. Anyway, Nate, uh, as far as what our caller, yeah. David, was talking about. Yeah, David, thanks for the question. Um, so I think I think I could sum up uh, the answer to my question uh, briefly in saying that uh, you got to fix the culture. The, the culture is the real issue here at the Department of Veterans Affairs. It's kind of this this rotten culture that's been allowed to fester and i, I don't mean to, to to put a blanket statement over every uh employee at the ba there are a lot of uh, terrific employees out there who really want to do the right thing but those who who consistently have shown that um they they can't or won't do the right thing um you can't be afraid to fire those people and hold them accountable um a lot of even after some of these scandals are are revealed and uh, the, the issues are brought out into the, the spotlight. The investigations drag on for months and months and sometimes years. People are on paid administrative leave for years at a time. Um, and, and that bill goes with the taxpayer. Um, and what the, the VA Accountability First Act of 2017 would do is give the secretary, um, who, by the way, has asked for the authority to fire these people. And and uh, so that's where, you, that's where you fix it. You, you root out the people who are who are uh, affecting the culture in a negative way, and you, you fire them. Things don't change by themselves. Um, it's, it's incumbent on us as citizens, um, as veterans, who, who raised our right hand uh, and gave an oath uh, to defend uh, the Constitution. And uh, it, it's incumbent on us to, to take a stand and, and take action uh, when it's needed. And that's what CVA, uh, Concerned Veterans for America, uh, exist for to to give people that opportunity. Nate, we got another caller. We got to try to squeeze it in. We only got about four minutes left. Ron from California, are you there? Yes, sir. Uh, I get some questions. I'm concerned. Uh, over 30 years ago, I was a conservator in military hospitals, veterans hospitals, and private, public and private. And at that time, uh, you know, I saw fellows with mental health problems behind chicken wire, and of course, that's advanced. But I'm concerned now is. What's really being done? What can be done for those who may have mental health problems or other physical problems, not only in veterans' hospitals, but in the, the, the various states across country? What real support system is there? I also worked on projects for homeless, and uh, we had like 46% back 30 years ago of the homeless in the, in the Bay Area of San Francisco in Northern California were veterans. That's sustained today. Where are the, why are not these problems looked at, supported, and who, where does the money go that supports projects that aren't on the, on the ground taking care of people with boots on the ground who need help? Thank you for your service, Ron, and thank you for helping take care of our veterans. Nate, I don't know how much time we got left, but... Uh, sure. Got... Yeah, let me tackle that real quick. So good, good question about 
making sure vets who, who need certain services are able to get those services, um, especially considering the massive, massive budget that the Department of Veterans Affairs has. Um, what CVA, Concerned Veterans, Concerned Veterans for America, would love to see is choice for veterans who, uh, who want to go to the provider of their choice or maybe a facility that can see them uh, faster or maybe even provide a better service. And I have a personal story with that. I, you know, I, I hit an ID in Afghanistan. Um, I, I was experiencing some symptoms, and I just was not getting uh, what I wanted or, or needed, rather, from the Department of Veterans Affairs at the, the, the medical center. So I went and paid out of pocket to a private provider who was able to properly diagnose me um, and, and help me find you know, the answers that I was looking for. And I think that there's a lot of veterans out there who might, um, who might need a service or, or want uh, health care that they seem unable to get. Um, and, and I think that by opening up the door uh, uh, to, to go to the private sector, to a lot of the great clinics and, and medical providers out there who could provide services for veterans, we might see that uh, that decrease a little bit, and you know the, the VA likes to say that they're they, they ought to be or or um, do provide the best care for those signature wounds of, of war, like like amputations, uh, traumatic brain injuries, um, mental health, uh, anxiety issues uh, relating to combat. Um, there's still a lot of great services out there, and and really it ought to be up to the veteran to choose that, uh, not to the VA. Um, so I think increasing choice would be a good solution to that. Nate, we are just about out of time. Could you please let people know how to get in touch with Concerned Veterans for America and how they can get uh, involved, what they can do? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have a website, and I encourage uh, listeners to go there. Uh, it's www.cv4a.org, so cv4a.org. And uh, on that website, uh, we've got... Uh, opportunities for listeners to sign up for uh, uh, fantastic newsletters that we put out. And also there's a, there's a tab there to, to, to volunteer. If you want to get involved and get your hands dirty and, and start serving again, um, protecting protecting this, this country um, here, here, then uh, we have a volunteer opportunity. Um, just plug in that information and and uh, should receive an email with some, with some uh, next steps. All right. So Nate. cv4a.org. Nate, thank you for being on. You've been listening to Heroes of Heartland, WDOI 970. Until next week, you're dismissed. Nine seventy WDAY Fargo Moorhead.